Uh, today we're going to be talking about the kingdom of God. Just uh, something straight off the bat, we're not going to cover everything. We can't. Okay, there's just not enough time this morning to cover everything. There's not enough time in 50 sermons to cover everything. So I have cherry-picked. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at um, a passage in Daniel that talks about the coming of Christ to establish his kingdom. Then we're going to look at a passage in Revelation that's going to talk about the coming of the new heaven and the new earth and the kingdom established. Then we're going to look at a couple of things Jesus said about his kingdom. And then finally, we're going to look at how we can be a part of bringing this kingdom to earth. That's our plan for this morning. We're going to be reading a truck ton of scripture. We're going to start in Daniel chapter 2. If you do have your Bibles or you're sitting next to someone that has one, open that and you can read with me. If not, I'll read with you and just enjoy listening to the word of God. We're going to read from Daniel 2 verse 31. And I want you to say something after me. Okay, I want you to say this. It's all going according to plan. Say that. Okay, that's what I want you to have in your heart and in your mind. The world is not out of control. We have a king who sits on the throne and is establishing his kingdom. And if there's anything you take from the sermon today, it is that fact that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father and he is the king of the universe and his kingdom is advancing. Darkness is not winning. No ways. We've already won. Okay. Background for this passage of scripture, King Nebuchadnezzar, at that time, the king of the known world, the boss, okay, has a dream. He needs somebody to interpret the dream. He finds a man of God, Daniel, to interpret the dream for him. And pretty much what Daniel says to him is your kingdom and a bunch of kingdoms after you are going to fail, but I'm going to tell you about a kingdom that will never fail. And it's about the coming of Christ. Okay, we're going to read. Imagine that, by the way. Imagine pulling into the king of the world's throne room and tuning him that his kingdom's going to die. <laughs> okay, from verse 31 says, Daniel speaking, You saw, O king, and behold, a great image, This image, mighty and of exceeding brightness, stood before you, and its appearance was frightening. The head of this image was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its middle and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet were partly of iron and partly of clay. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, as you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand, And it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind just blew and carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now we will tell the king its interpretation. Just picture that moment. You have a dream, you're freaked out, you're the king of the world, you want to know so you can tell people what to do. Everybody, tell me my dream or you die. That's what he did. I'll kill you if you don't tell me my dream. You can tell me my dream. I'll imagine. So Daniel walks in and he tells him the dream. And you the one that dreamed it. Now you're listening. 
Now you're listening. Now you're thinking, okay, God's talking now. And Daniel says to him, so that was the dream. Now we will tell the king its interpretation. You, O king, the king of kings. He's, the language is important here. You, O king, the king of kings. He's like talking to him like this. To whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power, and the might, and the glory. And into whose hand he has given, wherever they dwell, the children of man, the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, making you rule over them all. Nebuchadnezzar, you are the head of gold. Now another kingdom, inferior to your kingdom, shall arise after you. Just throws it out there. But this beautiful kingdom I just told you about is going to end. There'll be another one that'll come. And yet a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth, and there shall be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, because iron breaks to pieces and shatters all things, and like iron that crushes, it shall break and crush all these. And as you saw, the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay, partly of iron, it shall be a divided kingdom. But some of the firmness of iron shall be in it, just as you saw iron mixed with the soft clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle. As you saw the iron mixed with soft clay, so they will mix with one another in marriage, but they will not hold together just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of those kings, listen to this, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, a great God has made known to the king you what shall be after this. The dream is certain and its interpretation sure. Oh, there's a whole, there's a lot in there, but I just, I love that moment. Daniel's saying to the king of kings of that time, God has given you everything that you have, but just so you know, he's gonna take it all away. There'll be some other ones, he'll break those two, and then he's gonna establish his kingdom forever. That's the story, and I love that image. The stone that was cut by no human hand shattered the kingdoms, became a mountain, and filled the whole earth. And that's the picture of the kingdom of God advancing. We know this to say when they say those days, it was the Roman Empire, which is when Jesus came and established his kingdom, which will never be destroyed and will last forever. And that's why we celebrate yesterday, the birth of Jesus. It's the coming of the kingdom that will never be shaken, ever, the kingdom of God. Okay, it's the beginning of the end. All right, so that's that prophecy. Jesus came, began the process of shattering and building, and the stone is becoming a mountain and filling the whole earth. Then we look to the future, somewhere in the future. All right, Matthew 24, 14 says, this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. What does the end look like? Roman, uh, Revelations 21, 1 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. 
And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Verse 5. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Okay. Daniel coming of Christ to establish the kingdom, one day in the future, it being done, new heavens, new earth. Listen to the highlights of this. No more tears, no more death, no more evil, no more pain, no more injustice. The dwelling place of God will be with man. The kingdom is about God and dwelling his creation. Where God is, the source of life is, so life and renewal and peace and goodness is, that's the coming of the kingdom of God. Ultimately, where God is, that's where the kingdom is found. Now, we had Jesus coming. We've got Jesus coming again. We're in the middle. We're in the middle. And Jesus talked a whole bunch about the kingdom of God. In fact, he told a whole bunch of stories about it. We're going to look at two. Um, But just to sort of back up maybe the Daniel thing a little bit. Luke 17, Jesus is talking in verse 20, and he says this, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus answered them, the kingdom of of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. And he's telling them about himself. Jesus was referring to himself. Yesterday we celebrated the day God came to be with us to set up his everlasting kingdom to enact the plan that would bring humankind and God together again. Right? Because where the kingdom of God is, is where the king is. And the whole point of Jesus was to bring mankind and God together again to establish his kingdom. Why is Jesus being born such a big deal? Because in many ways, it was the beginning of the end for the kingdoms of this world and the beginning of an everlasting, unshakable kingdom. Okay, we're going to look at two parables now from Matthew 13, verse 31 to 33. And this is what Jesus says about the kingdom of God. Again, we can't look at everything. We're just looking at these things. From verse 31, Jesus put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. And then he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven or um, yeast that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened out. The yeast had permeated everything. When you think of a kingdom, I don't know about you, but I I think of armies and thrones and kings bossing people around and palaces and 
all of that sort of stuff is imagery in my head when I think of a kingdom, right? I think of, I think of big castles and I think of, I don't know, battles and stuff. You know, they wanted to make Jesus a king when he was on earth and he ran away from them. He literally ran away from them. The kingdom of God does not come like any kingdom that we think of. It's different. The examples here are like yeast in bread. It permeates. You don't know it's little. It's a little stone, but it grows until everything is leavened. Everything is yeasted. Everything is affected. It's like a small seed that you plant in a garden, and then one day you're like, dang, there's a tree, and it just is there. It starts secret and small and somehow inevitably works itself through to dominance. This is the picture in Daniel, a pebble that becomes a mountain that fills the whole earth. The kingdom always seems hidden. It's always working behind the scenes, away from the limelight, in places and in people we wouldn't expect. The real work of God always seems small and insignificant to the boasting and egos of the world and its leaders, yet it grows. It brings peace to all who come to rest in its branches. You know, Jesus came and he was born in a manger away. He wasn't in a palace. It wasn't, it wasn't the coming of a kingdom like you thought, right? It was in secret and it changed all of history. You would, you would see this in your own life if you're a believer. One day you begin to see Jesus a little bit and you begin to trust him a little bit. And the next day, maybe you see him a bit clearer and you trust him a bit more. And suddenly the kingdom of God begins to take root in your life. And something changes. Yeast um, comes into you. And you're still like you. Right? You're still you. You don't become, you don't, you're not suddenly someone different. God begins to just breathe life into you. The yeast begins to ferment and something takes root and you look and then you just sort of like live normally and you go to work and you do your family thing and you look back three months later and you're like how did I get here something's taken place there's there's a growth there's something that's permeated your growth the kingdom of God is advancing in you suddenly you've got more life than you had before something's rising and growing this is the kingdom at work his kingdom advancing Suddenly you don't want to do some evil things that you really enjoyed. And you can't think of quite why you don't enjoy them anymore. There's kingdom in you. There's something permeating, growing. The kingdom of God is advancing. Suddenly you begin to bring life where you go. The kingdom's like working through you. It's, you look back a year from now, you don't recognize yourself. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Okay. I know what I'm doing this morning is just taking a big brush and just brushing broad strokes. We're not filling in too many details here. It's the kingdom of God. It's a big topic. But I want you to know God has planned this. 
God has established it. He's working it through, and then he's going to one day fulfill it. And his kingdom is advancing, and it's beautiful, and it's powerful, but it's not like you think it is. He's, it's not like, I often wondered, God, why didn't you just turn up in the sky with your armies and be like, hello, bow or die? You're real. I get it. You know, I see the flaming chariot. Very cool. You can be king. It's not how he works. It's not, it, that's not it. He's born in a manger. Something takes root and it permeates all of life. And the crazy, the crazy part is we're still living in the kingdoms of this world, but actually what's advancing in us is the kingdom of God. It's because we're still bred. I still speak English, right? Some people speak French. He didn't come and conquer and wipe out culture and establish. No, we us, but the kingdom is suddenly changing me and growing me. I'm still me, but, but his life, his kingdom is growing. And then it begins to grow through me to the world around me and his kingdom advances and someday I'm looking at people different and he doesn't give laws like a thousand laws about how to live always step left first and then another left and then you're right he doesn't do any of that he just says love your neighbor as yourself Uh, love God with everything you've got and there's no loopholes it takes those things and then it it becomes like a broader umbrella for you to live by here in South Africa and it changes the way that you interact with the world and no kingdom can stop it. There's no walls that he can, anyone can put up to keep it out. It's in us and it's growing through us and his kingdom is advancing and darkness is fading away. How does this happen? I'm gonna read from Romans 12. This is our, our agreement with God so that his kingdom advances more and more in us and subsequently through us. I'm going to read from the ESV first and then I'm going to read from the message, the same passage. I just want us to hear it with different ears. Romans 12, 1 to 2 says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay, so there's some instructions to people that believe Christ. Now hear it with different ears from the message. It says this, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Being a believer, a living sacrifice, means allowing God to build his kingdom in you and then to build his kingdom through you. The work of your and my hands, therefore, is work that implements the kingdom into all spheres of life 
for the sake of love of others. It is our job as Christians who live with the Spirit of God to bring the Spirit of God to our workplaces, schools, communities, families. The kingdom cannot be seen immediately. He works underneath it all, moving history where no one is looking, just like with Jesus, who was born in a small town where no one was looking. We partner with God because his kingdom, where, his, where he is, is where his kingdom is. And God is with us. If, you've got God, if you're a believer in God, his spirit dwells with you. That means his kingdom is where you are. That means you take his kingdom wherever you are and you advance that kingdom by living for the king. That's why God taught us to pray, a very particular prayer. You know, the disciples asked Jesus, how, how do we pray? How do you pray, Jesus? You spend ages on that mountain praying. You're there all the time. What are you actually saying? That, I can imagine them asking him, like, what do you do? I get bored after, what are you praying? How do we pray? Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. First and foremost, let him establish his kingdom in you and then his kingdom through you. But know this, God's kingdom, Jesus came to establish his kingdom. He's coming again to complete it. We're in the process of him working his kingdom into the world. We have a job to do. Why? We're part of that stone that's become a mountain and is filling the whole earth. And that mountain advances as we advance the kingdom in our lives and subsequently through our lives. And one day, it'll fill the whole earth. And then he comes. And then there's no more tears, no more brokenness. It's done. It's complete. And it's not manipulation. No big army arrived to say, follow me or I'll cut your something off or whatever. It's God loving us and walking with us and establishing his kingdom in us. And we just realize I was made for this and I choose this. And his kingdom advances. That's the kingdom of God. That's all we've got time with today. Please, would you bow your heads? Let's pray.